to you, Annie, to all the family here, too many to name right now in this sermon introduction, to all of the friends gathered here with us, grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I honestly did not think that in my first three years of ministry here at Beautiful Savior that I would baptize and bury the same soul in Christ. And I can tell you that to both baptize someone and to bury the same person later on, such a short distance apart between those two events, it is a sad thing. Yes, it is sad for such a joyous life to come to an end. But I was always excited to see Ken's faith grow. He made that sadness, he made that gap between his baptism and his burial, he made that gap very enjoyable for me as his pastor and for so many here at Beautiful Savior and for so many of you. He made life enjoyable. It was always so good to see his constant growth in his faith from the time I arrived here and I began teaching him to the day when I went and visited him in the hospital and he could no longer respond to me. It was such a joy to see his constant growth in faith and his constant love of this church and of his family here at this church and of all his family and friends. He made that journey from baptism to the grave, from the font to the ground, a very enjoyable one. Ken had a way of doing that, making life enjoyable. He made my job very easy. For those of you who don't know, I was called here a couple years ago to be the revitalization pastor of this church. And all I had to do was show up and start to talk to some people, and they said, hey, there's this guy named Ken. He wants to be a member of your church. I didn't even have to preach a sermon. And then I started going and visiting him every Thursday for a few months, and I started to talk to him. And as I taught him about baptism, I found out, he found out, he was actually surprised, he didn't even know, but he found out that he wasn't baptized. And so I got my first baptism and my first new member without much effort at all. I guess I thought I had the evangelism thing all figured out, thanks to Ken. He made life easy. He made life enjoyable. And when I went there on those Thursday afternoons at 1 o'clock, I fondly remember he'd always greet me with a smile at the door, and he'd pull out his catechism, and he'd pull out his Bible, and he'd listen to every word that I had to say, and he actually asked me questions which was nice. Some people listen to me talk and then don't ask me questions, and I don't know whether or not they're actually tracking with me or not, but Ken was. He made life, he made teaching, he made ministry enjoyable. He even asked for extra homework. What should I read in my Bible, Pastor? What should I learn about next, Pastor? I want to know more about Jesus Christ in my life and him. He made ministry here incredibly enjoyable, and I'm sure you have stories similar to that for Ken. Ken lived a full life, making life enjoyable for all those around him. 
not just about the ministry, but I can tell you other little snippets and things that I learned here that maybe help you recall ways in which Ken made your life just as enjoyable. Whether that was him listening to his music or telling you about the music he was listening to, whether that was from Josh Turner to The Temptations or anything in between gospel music, all the way to the church choir singing baritone, which he loved to do, loving both Josh Turner and Lutheran hymnody, something I can relate to. He'd always tell me about his days at the casino and the famous people he met there and how he enjoyed just being around people and talking to them. I found out recently that he also enjoyed Cuban cigars, and I'm just a little bit upset that he never thought to share one of those with his pastor, but that's okay. He made life enjoyable. He enjoyed them with his friends and his family. He also never got me that butter roll he promised me as I'm thinking about the ways that he enjoyed life. But that's okay. He made life enjoyable for you, for me, for everyone around him, always going to travel and give advice to his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren and his brothers and his sisters and everyone around him. He lived a full life. That's what I'm getting at. Now, there was another man who lived a full life, a man who we read about in our gospel reading. His name was Simeon. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't heard of him before. It's just kind of this little story hidden there in Luke 2, right after the birth of Jesus Christ, where Mary and Joseph take the baby Jesus Christ to this man named Simeon, the priest at the temple to fulfill the law. Back in those days, after an Israelite was born, they had to go to the temple to have the baby blessed and to offer a sacrifice of two turtle doves. That's where we get that in the song. To offer a sacrifice of two turtle doves for the baby. And so Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to do that. And there was a man like Ken there named Simeon. I say he's like Ken because Luke describes him this way. He was a man righteous and devout. Righteous and devout. Waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. In other words, he had a full life. He was devout to his Lord Christ. He wanted to learn more about him. In fact, he wanted to see the Jesus, the baby Jesus, before he died. It was given to him by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Lord's Christ before he passed on. He had a full life, but there was something that was a little bit incomplete. He wanted, he needed, he was promised to see that baby Jesus. And the Lord did not lie to Simeon, for he provided for Simeon exactly what he needed from God. On that day when Mary and Joseph came, he took the Christ child in his arms and he lifted him up and he prayed this song, this most amazing song. We're going to say it together a little bit later today. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For now my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the presence of every people, a light of revelation to all the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. He spent a long time waiting for that Messiah, and the Messiah had come. 
He spent a long time living a full life his whole life, but still needing that one peace, receiving Christ in the flesh. Now, I think it's safe to assume that it wasn't long after that that Simeon passed away. He said it himself, I'm ready to go now. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. That's what Ken was saying at the end of his life. He said, I'm ready now. I'm ready now because I know I have been baptized. I know what my faith is in Christ my Lord. And I like to think about Ken in this way with Simeon because Ken had lived a full life. He had lived a full life for a long time, many, many years, decades, in fact. But then he found out in that catechism session of ours that he wasn't baptized. And it's not to say that before then he didn't have faith, but he wanted to receive Christ on his flesh. He wanted to receive the water of Christ washing away of sins on his forehead. He wanted to touch the Lord Jesus Christ in those baptismal waters, and so he did. And I think it would have been appropriate for Ken, and maybe he even did this when he was reading his Bible, to read these words and to be like Simeon in this way, that when he received that baptism, he was also able to say, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now it was two and a half or so years, about three years. No, it was about two years, I guess, a little over two years. That Ken lived with that baptism here on this earth before he did depart in peace. But his life was full. And when it was full, he had not yet received the fullness. But then he did receive the fullness. He received Christ on his flesh just like Simeon did. He received everything that came along with that baptism being baptized into the death of Christ so that he also might, as we read earlier from Romans 6, be raised with him again now that he has departed in peace. And Ken knew all of that. He knew that he needed that. Ken knew that he was a sinner. And so even though he had a very full life, all his life, He knew that he needed something even more full. He knew that because he was a sinner, just like me, just like every single one of you, and because the wages of sin is death, he knew that this day would come. He knew that this day would come where his casket would be up here at the front of the church and his body would be in that casket, lifeless. The wages of sin is death. There is no getting around that fact. It will come for all of us. It will come for me. It will come for you. But Ken knew that. And so he knew he needed the fullness of life. That even if he die in this life, yet shall he live eternally. He knew he needed to be united in the resurrection of Jesus Christ so that he might have eternal life. And he was glad, just like Simeon was glad, to receive that fullness. I also found out recently that Ken would look at his baptismal certificate that I gave him 
about two years ago. He looked at it every day. And he dwelt on his baptism because he dwelt on the fact that, yes, he was a sinner, but Christ had washed away his sin. Yes, he was a sinner, but he had died with Christ, who died with his sin. And if he had been united with him in a death like his, he shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And because he had that salvation, because he had that hope of eternal life, because he had Christ's resurrection on his own flesh, he could say with Simeon, Lord, I am now ready to depart in peace. And he was, and he is in peace now. He has peace now. Because he had the fullness of life. There is only one fullness of life, the life of of Christ. We will all miss him for the fullness of life he brought to our lives. But when you think of Ken, I don't want you to just think about his full life with cigars and Josh Turner and all the rest of it. I want you to think about the fullness of life he had in his Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that that fullness is available to you, too. The waters of baptism are also, can also be yours. The peace which surpasses all human understanding that Simeon had, that Ken had, that so many saints who have gone before us have had, can also be the peace in your hearts. For that fullness that Christ gives, he gives freely. He gives to all, he gives to whoever would call upon his name, would recognize their sin, would die with him, and would also rise with him. And so today, even though life seems a little bit more empty for all of us without Ken here, may your life be full with Christ. And may that fullness fill you up so much that you know that you will see, like Ken will see, Christ one day in the flesh, and you will be again with him and with Ken and with all the saints who have gone before us. And you will sing those praises to Christ your Savior around his throne, clothed in the white robes. You will sing with Ken. You will hear his baritone voice around the throne of the Lamb, And whether you sing baritone or soprano, or if your throat is a little itchy like mine today because I've been preaching a lot this week and didn't get much sleep last night, and you can't sing the really high notes, that's okay. Because we'll all be singing together, and it will be incredibly beautiful. May God bring us to that day. Amen.